Good morning. I am so excited to be here. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Audrey Del Campo. You may know me as the one who sits right there and loves worship. Um, I am always accompanied by my brother. My brother John is right there. I love you, little brother. He's my best friend. Um, and I just want to say hello to everybody here in person, everybody who's watching online. God bless you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, it's really... It's always a fun time to be able to make resolutions and be able to, to end a year, reflect on what's happened, and then kind of be really excited about a new year. Except for this year, when I was sitting down, I was like, oh my gosh, what is 2022 gonna bring? Instead of being like really, really excited about it, I was kind of like, hmm, a little, a little worried and a little wary and kind of like, all right, well, if this is gonna be 2020 part two, I want nothing to do with it. And the message that God has been speaking to my heart is, you know, he is faithful, he is constant, he is true. And while the situations might change around us, he never changes. So we have a hope that doesn't change and we have a faith that can be rock solid if we are standing on the rock, amen? So I am here this morning to, to talk about worship to talk about how we can enter a new year with our hopes and our expectations, not necessarily on the things around us, but our hope and our expectation when it's planted on God, we can be sure that all things will work together for good. All things can work together for good when we are planted on the solid rock. So before I jump in, I just wanted to share a little bit about me so you guys can know me a little better. Um, I am 28 years old. I am a first grade teacher, and I love it. I've been working in the school system for about six years now. Um, I am also the daughter of Pastor Silvia and Alexandra Del Campo, who pastor um, the Hispanic ministry at Donellan Presbyterian Church right down the mountain. Um, that's the church I grew up with, or I grew up in my whole life, and it's really exciting to have been partnering with you guys and getting to know the bigger body of Christ because it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, this summer I ended, I graduated from my seminary program, so I have my Master in Arts in Christian Ministries, and I am all done with my ordination process through ECO, so coming up soon in the spring will be Reverend Del Campo, which I'm really excited about and really nervous about, but it's really exciting. Um, so I just wanna thank you guys for being so welcoming and for opening the door for me. And you know, coming here really makes me feel at home and like I'm with family. So thank you so much for that. Um, but let's jump in, let's jump in. We're gonna be reading, um, we're gonna be reading Psalm 103. It's a Psalm that is probably very familiar to you and it's, it's bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord. So we're gonna be thinking about that today and I'm gonna be using bless and praise interchangeably um, throughout, throughout this message. And as we, as we go through this, I want all of us to really set our hearts um, and to be like, okay, God, what do you wanna say to me today? What do you wanna do through me today? We can be confident that we can raise a hallelujah even here and even now because we don't trust in a God who changes with the seasons. We trust in a God who is constant. We trust in a God who tells us, as we've been learning all throughout the Advent series, fear not. In Christ, there is fullness of hope. In Christ, there is fullness of joy. In Christ, there is fullness of peace because of who he is. And we have learned that he is wonderful counselor. He is mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So my security lies 
in that. That is my confidence. And because my confidence is in that, I can worship and I can follow and I can trust in obedience without being afraid. It's all about trust. And we see this trust and this wisdom in King David as he writes Psalm 103. Now, we don't know exactly when he wrote Psalm 103, but historians and theologians believe that it was written in the later years of his life. So I can imagine an older King David sitting by the window, gray hair, just kind of like reflecting on his life and reflecting on, on how God brought him literally from the pastures all the way to the palace. And it wasn't an overnight process. It was something that, that took a lot of refining and something that took a lot, of, a lot of testing and a lot of process and a lot of perseverance. And he's sitting here reflecting on grace and mercy. And that's what I want us to do together this morning, to look back on God's great grace and mercy because our, our walks have, are different but I think that we can all say that God has been great and God has been merciful and God has been good even in the chaos. So we're gonna look back and when we do that, we're gonna notice that as we reflect on him, it, it changes us. It might not change the situations, but it changes us. So let's read Psalm 103. We're gonna read the first five verses. It says, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. I can imagine David just writing this and literally from the bottom of his soul, this is written in the imperative. He's saying, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord. I am commanding you, soul, to worship the Lord right here and right now because you have seen all that God has done. I think all of us can agree that when times are you know, flowing pretty good, it's a little bit easier to raise a hallelujah. But when times are tough, when things aren't really fitting in the puzzle that we've you know, planned out, when, when the picture isn't fitting in the frame that we built, it's a little harder to surrender. And that's what worship is. Worship is an act of surrender. When we bless the Lord, when we praise the Lord, part of it, yeah, it's, it's singing. I love to sing. One of, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the piano and just leave it all right there and praise the Lord. But that's not just what worship is. Worship goes beyond music. Biblically, the Bible teaches us that worship literally means to tribute, to give honor to, to reverence God. In the New Testament, the word worship means to bow down before God or king. So as we talk this morning about blessing the Lord, about praising the Lord, we're gonna, we're gonna talk that it's way more than just music. It is a lifestyle. It is the way that we wake up every morning and present ourselves before God. It is an act of surrender that, honestly, for me, happens quite a bit throughout the day where I have to be like, ah, okay, even now, I'm going to choose to bless you. Even now, I'm going to choose to trust you. 
So he says, bless the Lord. Bless who? The The Lord. We choose who we are going to give reverence to. We choose who we are going to give honor to. We choose where our eyes are going to be fixed. And in this world that is bombarding us with so many different messages, with so many different voices, with so many different values and convictions, who are you choosing to bless? The Bible talks so much about Israel and how they turned away from God and started worshiping other gods. And today we might not bow down to, you know, little idols made of stone or little idols carved out of wood, but we're definitely bowing our hearts to different gods that are trying to rob our attention. Where is your focus, church? Who are you choosing to bless? Who are we sitting on the throne of our hearts? Is it money? Is it family? Family is awesome, but sometimes family can even take the place of God, and God needs to be first. Who are we choosing to bless? Because right here, it is, it is challenging us to say, bless the Lord, only the Lord, exclusively the Lord. And then it's going further than that. Bless the Lord, all my soul, all that is within me, praise his holy name. Now, how many of you guys have, maybe not here because you guys are awesome, but... I'm going to confess, sometimes I've been, you know, in an active place of worship, right, music or just being in church, and I'm here, my body is here, but my mind is definitely somewhere else. Okay, what do I need to buy? Okay, Um, and for me, okay, so I'm a queen of like worst case scenarios. So if something didn't turn out right or if I, I wish I said something, I could be in the most holy place, but my mind is like. I I guess some people here too, huh? (laughs) So bless the Lord. Now I have to bless only God. But he's not just saying just bless God. He's saying with all that is within you. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, man. Like the whole thing. Heart and mind. Heart and mind. Everything. Let all that is within me bless his holy name. Isaiah talked to the people of Israel and he looked at them and he said, your lips honor him. This is what the Lord is saying. Your lips honor me, but your hearts are so far away. So let's, where, where are we? Where are you right now? Are you in a place of worship right now? All that is within me, praise his holy name. This means in all, all situations. If God is telling me, bless the Lord, praise him, with all that is within me, with all that I am, then I'm going to take that as a command that I need to be doing this every second of every day of my whole life. And that is a crazy challenge that we cannot do by ourselves. (laughs) We cannot do this by ourselves. And it is especially challenging because things around us are so crazy. I mean, think about what we're living through right now. I'm a teacher, I, am, I have been checking my phone to see if my schools are gonna go virtual. Like, I have no idea what tomorrow's gonna bring. Literally, today's my last day of, of winter break, and I have no idea what's gonna happen tomorrow. No idea. All of the teachers in my school, like one after the other, have been getting COVID. Um, the kids are getting, like, it's crazy. I literally, have no idea what I'm going to do tomorrow. But I can bless the Lord. Because 
He is good and he is constant. I can bless the Lord regardless of my situations. So earlier, well, last year, I remember 2001 like it was yesterday. So um, around October, October of 2021, um, my dad had been suffering with headaches. Um, He was having them for a couple of months. And he went to the doctors and they kept giving him, you know, new medication, new medication, new medication. He kept going time after time after time after time. And he just kept getting new medicine. And the whole church was praying for his healing, you know, we, we pray for your headaches. Um, all of a sudden, I'm in school, I'm teaching, and I start getting all of these text messages from people like, we're praying for your dad, how's your dad? I was feeling so loved <laughs> from like all of these different people. Well, it turns out I took my kids to lunch and I checked my phone and on our church prayer chain, my mom had texted, please pray for Pastor Silvio, he's being rushed to the emergency room, he has a brain bleed. I was in school and I had no idea what was going on. For the first time in my life, I had a panic attack in my classroom. Another teacher walked by, she saw me and she took me to the office. And, and for a whole like three days, I couldn't talk to my father. All I knew was that he had a brain bleed. No doctors wanted to talk to us. Nothing was going on. I had no idea what was happening. And right there, God was challenging me and he was saying, can you praise me? Can you bless me? Can you do this? Can you trust me even here, even now? And it was really hard because I love my dad and because I love my family and because I love everything about him, but God was saying, do you, do you love me more to know that no matter what happens in this situation, I'm going to take care of you because I am good. And even though this world is broken and bad things happen in a broken world, I am good, Audrey. I am good. They couldn't do anything. The hematoma was too small to operate, but it's in a place where if they did anything, they could have done more damage. So they're just monitoring it. And the day that he was released from the hospital, that Friday, he went in on a Wednesday, he got out on a Friday. I didn't talk to him all those three days. Um, I was like, okay, God, you know what? I'm gonna see my dad today. I'm gonna see him at home and it's gonna be so exciting. So I went, I went to church because we have church on Friday nights and I was playing the piano, I was closing my eyes, I was leading worship. I opened my eyes and my dad was sitting in the front pew. (laughs) He literally went from the hospital to church and he was on his knees Praising the Lord. We can praise the Lord in any situation. That's just my story. And I know that you have your own stories. I know that you have your own situations where you bring to the Lord and you're just like, I don't know what to do. But I challenge you this year, we're we're stepping into a brand new year to say, Jesus, teach me how to bless your name even here. Teach me how to worship even now. Teach me to trust you. Because remember, worship isn't just singing. Worship is an act of surrender, to give honor. Choose to honor God even in the suffering. Because as we've learned through, throughout the last couple of weeks, following Jesus and, and, and accepting him in our life is not you know, a guarantee of a pain-free life. Following Jesus isn't the absence of problems. It is the presence of Jesus in our everyday life. And that can move me to worship. And two two stories that I want to quickly reference through the Bible is that 
We, we have this hope in Christ. In Job 1, 20 through 21, chapter 1 of Job, we see that he lost his oxen, he lost his camels, he lost his sheep, he lost his kids, he lost his house. The only thing he didn't lose was his crazy wife. Don't ask me why, but it's the only thing he didn't lose. The Lord works in mysterious ways, people. Iron sharpens iron, but he loses everything. One servant comes after the other, after the other. You lost this, you lost this, you lost this. And I hate bad news. And I am so sick and tired of turning on the news and hearing bad news. I can only imagine what Job was, was being bombarded with, losing everything. And Job 1, 20 through 21 says, at this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground. And if this were me, Audrey shaved her head and tore her robe, then fell to the ground and threw a tantrum. <laughs> There's a lot of confessions, guys. What stays in the room stays in the room, okay? <laughs> but this is what Job did. He shaved his head and he tore his robes. And in ancient Hebrew times, this was a signal of the deepest sorrow, lament, that one could ever be experiencing. He fell down and worshiped. I'm not making it up. Read it in Job 1. He shaved his head, he bowed down, he fell to the ground, and he worshiped. And I looked it up. He didn't just bow down like I beautifully did right there. Ready, ready, ready? He said he fell prostrate. That means he did one of these. He fell face down, which is a symbol of total surrender or despair. He fell down and he said, I have nothing left, but I have you, so that is enough. And as he was face down on the floor because he had absolutely nothing left, this is what came out of his mouth. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. May the name of the Lord be praised. Even here, even as we're stepping in to a 2022 where we have no idea what tomorrow will bring. Even here, when you don't know if the sickness of your loved one will get better or not. Even here, as you're desperately praying for your family to come to Christ. Even here, as you're praying for your son and your daughter or your spouse who's battling with addiction. Even here, where depression is at an all-time high. Even here, I will bless the Lord. Even here, where we have no idea if you know, churches are going to close again or schools are going to close again. Even here, bless the Lord. And then we see in Acts 16, Paul and Silas, they were doing God's work. They were evangelizing. They were setting people free because that is what we have been called to do. We have been called to move and to be active. And that's what they were doing. They were on the move. And they were thrown in jail for it. And they were they were. They took their clothes off and they beat them. They wounded them and then they chained them up and threw them in jail. 
And Acts 16 says that as they were beaten and bruised and naked and chained, it said that when midnight struck, they started to sing to the Lord. And as they were singing, you know what happened? This is why I love worship. When they started singing, it says that the jail cell started to shake. There was an earthquake that shook the foundations of the, shell, of the cell, and the doors flung wide open, and the chains were broken, because that is what happens when a son and a daughter of Christ stands in the authority that we have not in our own power, but by the power of Christ, things change in the unseen. When you worship when you choose to praise the Lord, it's like that song, Waymaker, even when I don't see it, you're working. You might not see it. Things might not be changing in front of you because God's not a genie. We don't get a wish and it happens. It's about trust and perseverance and believing that if I'm worshiping, things are changing even when I don't see it. And then he goes on to say, Jumping back to praising the Lord. Look at all these benefits that David, that David starts writing. Don't forget any of his benefits. He forgives me all of my sins, not just some, all of them, which means I can come to the Father clean and free. And out of all the benefits, he lists that as the first one. He didn't list healing. He didn't list freedom. He didn't list, oh, God takes care. He said, he forgives me because that is the greatest gift that anyone could ever have. For those of you that were here that one day that I shared this story, you know, when we were playing knockout with my kids and they were losing miserably, and I was like, all right, guys, um, you know, these are six-year-olds. I'm like, okay, everybody, I'm going to show mercy, everybody back in the game. And one kid's like, what's mercy? And I was like, oh, so glad you asked. Mercy means I forgive you even though you weren't really doing great, right? I forgive you and you can come back in the game and we're just going to start over. He dropped his pencil. He was like, I love mercy. <laughs> I was like, me too, man. <laughs> he forgives us. He loves us. He is holding you here and now, which is why we can praise him. He heals me. He redeems me. He crowns me with mercy and love. He satisfies me and he renews my strength. All of these are benefits that I get from sticking close with Jesus. I'm sticking close to my Messiah, the anointed one, the king who has come to set me free. I am choosing to fix my eyes on him. So I want to leave you today with, with a little, with a strategy that God has, has taught me along the way. And it's called Operation Attributes. Are you ready for this? This is good stuff, guys. Operation Attributes. When my heart is just so full of desperation, God reminds me in Philippians 4 to think of all things good, noble, praiseworthy, trustworthy, to fill my mind with those things are all that he is. And when I do that, even if it's for 10 seconds, for 10 seconds I am choosing to fix my eyes on who he is and not on what is bothering my soul. And after that's over, my heart feels lighter because I have shifted my gaze back to where it belongs. So I invite you to try that. Operation attributes. To trust the Lord in your despair, to trust the Lord when you are face down on the ground in total despair, 
to praise him. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read the rest of the, of the psalm now. And I invite you to close your eyes. And I want you to put yourself in this place. Put yourself as David saying, I am going to bless you. I am going to praise you even now. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is restored like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made his ways known to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are just dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field, the wind blows over it and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. It's beautiful how in the beginning he's commanding his soul and it, as, it, as it transpires through the psalm, it ends with everybody praising the Lord because this is what it's about, friends. We start with our relationship with Christ and then we come together just as we are right now in person and online blessing the Lord because this is what it's about. Coming together and being empowered and ignited to keep pressing forward. So... I'm going to do what Pastor Jeff does because I love it and I've been like learning it too. So one thing to remember and one thing to do. You learn every day. We've got to be lifelong learners, right? One thing to remember. Sometimes we're going to have to command our soul to worship. And that's okay. You're not less of a Christian. You're not letting God down if you have to give your soul a nudge and say, bless the Lord. Just do it. Bless the Lord. And then something to do. When you catch yourself dwelling on those issues and when you catch yourself falling into a tunnel of despair, try Operation Attributes and just start declaring who God is and remember that he is from everlasting to everlasting. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you because as we step into a new year, even though it is scary and frightening and daunting outside, we know that we have you. And if we have you, we have absolutely everything we need. So we lay down 
our, our doubts, we lay down our questions, we lay down our insecurities, we lay down our fears, and we hold on to your promises knowing that you are enough and that you will come through and that you work all things for good. So we bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen.